Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the sixth chapter. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gesernet and moored the boat. When they got out of the boat, people at once recognized him and rushed about that whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages or cities or farms, they laid the sick in marketplaces and begged him that they, may, they might even touch the fringe of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So people were attracted to Jesus. It didn't matter where he went or what he did. Once word got out that Jesus was going to be in a certain place, he was swarmed with people. Now there were other prophets during the time of Jesus. There were even other people who were healers. But there was something special about Jesus, something that set him apart, something that attracted thousands of people, wanting, hoping just to get close enough to Jesus to touch the fringe of his cloak or to ask him for help or to ask him for healing. One of the things that I think separates Jesus from the other prophets of the time, the other healers, is the compassion that he had for the people around him. Now, this isn't just any kind of compassion. When our lesson today talks about compassion, the, the Greek means that, that feeling that you get deep within your gut that can't go away. It's something that, that moves you to do, to act. It moves you to, to the point where you can't not act, compelling you to be involved even if you don't want to. Jesus had that kind of compassion for the people who were following him because they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were in need of care, of protection, of nurture, of love. Jesus' compassion is, is not just the feeling, though. It's also the movement. Jesus acted upon his compassion. He reached out to those in need. He taught those who were following him how to be his disciples so they too can show compassion to others. Today, 30,000 youth and adults from the ELCA are returning home from the National Youth Gathering. This past week, my Facebook and Twitter feeds were filled with images of compassion and transformation in the city of Detroit. I watched as neighborhoods were changed, as brush and debris were removed from abandoned homes, as parks were restored so children can use them again. 
Every night they, they had a live stream that you could watch where people could worship and watch inspirational speakers that talked about justice and equality. Amazing musicians played songs of praise. And tears filled my eyes as I thought about the life-changing experiences that thousands and thousands of young people had during this time in Detroit. And the lives that were changed for the people in the city of Detroit. One native resident said that looking at all these different youth groups wearing their brightly colored shirts all over the city reminded them of a Skittles factory exploding. What they learned firsthand and what I learned by watching them is that to be a disciple of Christ, you need to have compassion for your neighbor. It hits you so hard that it, it, you get this feeling in your gut, that unbreakable feeling that sends you in motion for the sake of the other. And that's the thing. You have to act upon this feeling, even if it makes you a little uncomfortable. You have to go outside of yourself. And that feeling in your stomach will not go away until your heart is filled with the love of Christ coming through your experiences. I have to admit, I have this feeling now. You see, the social ministry team met the other night. And we started to talk about all the amazing things and all the projects that we are working on. The things that we are doing together as a congregation. We started to ask, well, is there more that we can do? Is there more ways that we can show compassion and love to the city of Gardner? And after many conversations, the team decided to host a monthly community meal here at the church. This will be a free meal for anyone that wants to come. And if we are successful in doing this, then maybe we can do it two or three times a month. Maybe like the fellowship table run by the CAC, we can have a weekly meal to ensure that people have a place to go a few times a week to, to be fed physically and spiritually and emotionally. And my stomach is turning with excitement and energy as I imagine us doing this important and needed ministry. However, I also ask the questions. How are we going to be able to do this? Do we have everything that we need to be successful? Can we get enough volunteers to help? Will people know that we have this dinner and actually come to the dinner? How are we going to get the food that we need? But even though I have these questions, there's that feeling that I get in my gut, that feeling of compassion. It radiates throughout my body like an adrenaline rush, and it will not go away unless I, unless we listen to God and carry out the mission that we are called to as a congregation, and that is to respond to and share God's love with all people. We take what we learn here on a Sunday morning and we enable other people to experience the same thing just by the simple act of hosting a meal for the community. And we are living out our call by responding to God's love, giving to others what we have been blessed with, using the gifts and talents of the people in this congregation to benefit others. And this is a big deal because if we think about it, if we're honest, we have that feeling of compassion from time to time. But that feeling remains complacent. 
We might have this feeling in our gut that we want to or that we need to do something for somebody else, but perhaps we don't do anything about it. We don't act upon it. We may let those questions that we have, those doubts, overtake our desires, overtake our feelings of action. And when that happens, we are unable to know the full reality of what we can do as individuals, what we can do as a congregation, as people of faith. So we can join together, we can act upon those gut feelings and try something new, try something that we believe God is calling us to do. But that compassion does not always go beyond the walls of our church. We need to care for others as well. And that's why we have this gathering each and every Sunday morning. We gather, we confess our sins, we have time of fellowship together, we sing together, we pray together. We celebrate the gift of baptism together. Because in our baptismal call, we are sent to show compassion for others. And we pray for those who are baptized, like we are having a baptism this morning, so that we can be an example of how God's compassion and love is sent out in this world. So that we can all respond to that love by sharing that to others. Because when we gather together as a church, we fellowship with one another. We hear about the joys and struggles in each other's lives. You know, Jesus knows how difficult life can be, how difficult it is to care for other people, which is why he took time to regroup and spend time in worship and prayer with his disciples. And when we come together as people of faith, we can show compassion to one another, we can support one another, we can love one another. Too many times we don't allow ourselves to be the recipients of compassion. To be the objects of someone's passion. To acknowledge that we merit attention. You know, if we're honest, we rather feel lost than to trust that we are worthy. We'd rather feel sorry for ourselves than believe that we deserve relationships, real relationships of love and care. We're afraid what others might think if we show our vulnerable side. We'd rather do things on our own to prove our power than to step into places of potential powerlessness. It is one thing to recognize that someone has compassion for you. It's quite another to allow those acts of compassion to unfold in your world. We like to pretend that we have it all figured out. That we really don't need that true compassion or love. And this leads us to shut down and to build up walls around us to protect ourselves. And perhaps that's why people don't really trust the church anymore. Because we are told over and over again that you really don't get anything for free in this world. We are told over and over again that you have to earn what you receive. That there are no real free handouts. But we have one of the most powerful things imaginable here with us today. And that is God's love and God's grace. And that is a free gift 
given to each and every one of us. When we have for com compassion for one another, even with those who are part of our church or those who are not part of our church, we are sharing God's love and grace to the world. And when we become a, a compassionate church, when we begin to have that feeling in our gut, that desire to reach out to those in need, any kind of need, here in this congregation or beyond the walls of our church, people will be attracted. People will come from miles and miles around because they want to become a part of a church, a community that really, truly cares for one another, that lives out their call as disciples and are willing to share that love with the world. And the thing is, I believe that we are becoming that community now. I see that compassion, that love flowing through our congregation and the things that we already do. I see God's grace and love shown in the way that we care for one another, in the way that we reach out to the community of Gardner and the world. And I want to thank you for being that community Thank you for wanting to become a church that digs deeper into compassion and love for the sake of each other and for the sake of the world. Amen.